Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello and welcome to the future of XYZ. This week, we have the privilege of speaking with Nell Derek Debevoise. Nell, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thrilled to be here. Well, I'm excited because, of course, as we both know, purpose, we're going to be speaking about the future of purpose, is something we share in common and feel very passionately about. Um, and you obviously have a lot of experience. You're running a company since 2013 called Inspiring Capital, really like looking at, you know, leadership and personal development towards helping people find their purpose and do better for this world we share. Those are my words. You can speak to it more. Um, and you recently launched the PGI, which is the Purposeful Growth Institute, which is a nonprofit adjacent. Exactly. Um, it's wonderful. And of course, you spent the first part of your career working in international development. You speak six languages. It's pretty impressive. I remember being like, wow, like when we first got introduced, that's pretty rad. I think um, it's actually language school, so I can leave that in my bio because it's going to start to get embarrassing as my Japanese fades. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. And obviously, uh, way overeducated with undergraduate degrees from Harvard, uh, an MBA from Columbia and London Business School, LBS, uh, and two masters in education uh, in Rome and, and in Cambridge, UK. So uh, I think what we want to get to, first and foremost, you've obviously well honed your own purpose to come to the place where you are. Um, but what is purpose? Like, what is that definition that we should be working off of? Yeah, so it's a great question and it's a word that I think has sadly been a little bit devalued or overused. You know, we'll, we'll talk about purpose washing. I know that's a bugaboo that we share, um, but purpose is really fundamentally a reason for doing something, right? A reason why something exists. Like I like to, part of my purpose is making purpose simple and actionable, right? And, and not this kind of floofy branding trick. Um, and so purpose is, is the reason for which something exists. And so as humans, why we exist or as organizations, why a company exists. Uh, and, and I think what is useful as we use and define and guide people through purpose um, is two elements. So one is our actioning of it. And here we talk about purposeful leadership, right? So I think it's important to turn, it's not just purpose, it's how you play with it. Um, and we talk about that as being, being intentional about the way that your decisions and behaviors have an impact in the me, the we, and the world dimensions, right? So, so that's, I think, you know, as much as getting wrapped up in the OED or a new definition of purpose, it's this actioning of it that I think is really helpful. Um, and, and we can talk more about that framework as we go on, but that's where I would leave people is really just thinking about why you exist as you impact your own me and other individuals around you, your we, your family, your team, your organizations, your community, and then that broader world, people and planet beyond. I mean, it's it's very meaty. And I think a lot of us, um, especially perhaps in the last couple of years, as people have been forced to slow down um, and, and reckon with some really big challenges that perhaps were not always so apparent. Uh, I think there's a lot of people 
individually saying what is my purpose to the me to the we and to the world but organizationally as well we're seeing that right we're seeing corporations both because of consumer changing shifting demand and expectation but also realizing like our role isn't just to extract as we learned in business school you know value creation and money but in fact, maybe we need to leave the world a little bit better or at least reduce our mitigate our, our negative impacts. So what is the use cases, if you will, for purpose? There's the personal and the and the professional, but and in the business world, where do you really see the biggest impact being or is it all the same? No, I think it's um, it's massive in, in both of those dimensions. And so on the me honestly, it's about well-being, right? So there's all kinds of research about like how long you live and your likeliness of dying decreases when you have a sense of purpose, right? And, and actually, if we scrape away all the judgment that we have about the overuse of purpose and this kind of millennial trend that's sort of annoying and whatever, uh, it makes sense. If you have a reason to get up in the morning, you're more likely to get up. Mm-hmm. And if that reason is like to hit that quarterly sales target versus to reduce obesity and the health problems that go along with it or racial inequity or the the gender wage gap, those latter are a bit more motivating on a gray rainy day when you don't think you have any coffee left to get up to, (laughs) right? So, so it's about well-being, and and I just wrote a piece that I can share in some of the follow-up material. Um, that it's not that it's easy, right? It's not necessarily fun to dig in and unwind your purpose and face the nasty challenges or some of the nasty things that we have done to each other, to humans, to our planet, and think about how your purpose can be to mitigate or, or improve some of that. And so it's not about like rainbows and unicorns happy version of well-being. It's about like really deep satisfaction, right? It's about that sense of peace at the end of the day or at the end of the year or at the end of life, whenever that may come, that you have made something a little better, that you have left something a little better, right? And so anyway, I nerd out and kind of the Greek eudaimonia versus um, uh, a more that more rainbows and unicorns version of, of hedonia happiness. But um, people who want to nerd out can, can read the full article. I'll, I'll, I'll leave that there. But I think that it, it really is about fundamentally that well-being and then performance, right? It's uh, the, the, I've interviewed, I shared with you over 110 now CEOs and CHROs from this book that I'm writing about this all and and people talk about the focus the 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 you know the sorting function that having a purpose provides i don't do that i do do this i spend my time here not here this is how i show up not this way um and in a crazy crazy friggin world that yeah. doesn't seem to be getting into this crazy that's a really powerful thing to sort through distraction and overwhelm yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's super important actually to point out, which is like, and there's a lot of, as you say, science on all of this, but of course the ability to not just know where to say yes, but how to protect yourself by saying no to the things that aren't going to serve you or again, further this sense of purpose yeah. um, and impact. I, I, I guess I, I like how what you're saying isn't just about why we exist. And there are lots of words in the branding, you know, world from which I also, you know, come you know, mission, vision, purpose. I mean, I won't say they're interchangeable because they're not, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, we can look at them in similar ways, which is like, why do we exist? And then 
how does it help you with that goal setting? And so I'd be curious because you know you allude to the book. Um, you you are writing this book that's going to come out in February, hopefully next year, with Epic Publishing. It's called Going First, um, and it's about finding the courage uh, to to inspire others and to find your purpose. Is that correct? Exactly. So the title is Going First: An Invitation to Find to Find Courage to Lead Purposefully and Inspire Action. Because as as you allude to, you know, th this having worked in the nonprofit space in very direct service, right? Like literally 200 refugee women and their four to eight year old children at our center every day where I lived. Right? So like very frontline service impact oriented um, and now zooming out and back to working with like a marketing team at Kraft Heinz, yeah. right? Like super different version of impact, um, but, but absolutely still tied to that sense of leading purposefully in the day-to-day, -day, whether Kraft Heinz or UNICEF or anything in between, um, and, and in really truly inspiring impact. And I think what's important to me, and again, my, my own purpose is about um, depressurizing and demystifying the sense of both purpose and then impact. Right, one of one of the brilliant interviewees that I was speaking with, a CEO of a fast-growing intense tech company out in Chicago, headed to IPO and, very much the Kraft Heinz mainstream capitalism version of impact, not the UNICEF or refugee mother version. But he said, you know, powerful people think about uh, making change in their realm of impact, not out or their realm of influence, not beyond it, and expanding their realm of influence. There was a book. There was a book written, I think, about this that I can't recall right now, and it was exactly that. It was like, "What's your circle of influence?" and and, and growing it, right? Yep. But I think that's really important. You know, again, in in this moment when there are crises in every friggin' dimension you could think of or mention, it's breaking or broken. <laughs> and so it can be. It's so daunting. You know, little old me, like my purpose is to raise a happy family. I don't know. That feels unambitious or selfish or, you know, but, but I think the whole point is like, we are only one eight billionth of the puzzle. And so it's actually not helpful for you to fret or to mingle or to influence these other things that have nothing to do with what you're good at and what you love. And where you are, perhaps. I think that there's a local piece to this that has become very evident, obviously, as many of us in the world have faced lockdown, yeah. which is like, what is our community? And having to redefine those boundaries a little bit and recognizing that sphere of influence is, in fact, no matter how globetrotting some of us may be, our sphere of influence is still quite local. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, I think where you are has gotten a little bit less physical in this world. So, so yes, I think there's a localness and it may not be, I don't see my next door neighbor any more than I see my former colleagues in the West Bank because we're keeping safe. Right. And so, yep. um, but, but I, I don't think it necessarily has to be geographically local. Um, certainly there's a whole rabbit hole of it needs to be deeply known. 
<laughs> as someone who has experience in international development. Um, but but that may look different than you know a, a geographic radius specifically around your home. But uh, but no, I think that that's I think it's really important to recognize that it is most powerful to get clear about who you are, what you have to offer, and what you want to offer, um, because it's that enlightened self interest that makes something sustainable. Right? Anything we're doing out of duty or obligation it's just not going to last, right? Absolutely. Where something that is truly rewarding in that sense of, of deep satisfaction um, is something that we'll keep doing and do more of and do well. Um, and so we don't have to, you know, there are 7.9999 billion other people to do other things. We just have to pick our little piece. I, I think it's fascinating. And I want to jump to the corporate side or the organizational side of this, because mm -hmm. what you're talking about is the same thing, right? It's like, what's your sphere of influence when you're, let's use Kraft Heinz or Mondelez or any of the other fast, you know, FMCG consumer goods companies or anyone else? I mean, this purpose orientation, this doing more, this giving back, this impact story is becoming so pertinent in the corporate world. And we can talk about sustainable capitalism or conscious capitalism, but the world certainly through ESG initiatives, through, you know, business roundtable commitments, you know, there is a fundamental recognition that is rising that mm -hmm. corporations, organizations have an obligation. So are there any, as you've done these 110 interviews mm -hmm. for the book so far, are there any leaders who have really stood out to you? You know, you just gave one example. Are there other leaders who have stood out to you in terms of really kind of honing that sense of purpose and really having an impact in meaningful ways? So many. I mean, truly, it has been the biggest joy and pleasure of my life to do this work, um, to, to have these conversations and do these interviews. It's just been such a treat. And so all of the 110 are absolutely, that, that's why we've talked, right, is that they are on the front edge of this. And each of them is referring me to at least two to five more, which is why the book is being delayed, because there's all this cool input and, and energy and excitement about it. Um, you know, look, I think that the theme of all of them, and, and certainly I can pull out a few examples, but, um, you know, it's it's the point that um, Anand Giridharadas made a few years ago in Winners Take All, that you shouldn't have to give back if you didn't take too much to mm -hmm. begin with, right? And I think that post-COVID, that has become even more visceral for us and what we expect of our employers and the people, the companies that we buy from. And so I think that's what these leading edge people are doing with their companies, whether that's Accenture, who's CEOs of Global and North America I've spoken with, or whether that's, you know, Black and Bold, this small coffee roaster out in the Midwest. Um, and, and so I think it's like it, the, the future of purpose to me fundamentally is about integration and infusion. It is not a brand. It is not a label in your cafeteria wall or on your signatures or your annual report. It is a lens through which your operations, your financials, your people operations, biggest and most of all, your product design, your marketing, every facet of your business has this filter of what, why do we exist? 
Yeah. What are we here for? It's funny because I talk about it a lot. I've been saying the same thing and this is why you and I, you know, have been friends. Um, I, and I call it values, right. And yeah. a personal level and it's, and, and I think purpose and values are different, but it's this, it is the lens through which you assess life. And yeah. I think for a business to get everyone rallied behind values can be intangible, right? Whereas a purpose, everyone can get behind um, and create this kind of tidal wave of impact. But I, I, I want to touch on this. You said something that I think is really interesting, especially in a world where we're seeing the inequity between the haves and the have-nots just simply growing. I think it is something just came out. It's like, you know, in 1975, the average CEO earned 16 times what their average worker did. And it, this last year is 265 times, I think are the numbers that I read you know, if you don't take too much, you don't need to consciously give back. Well, we're living in a world where most corporate entities are taking too much, whether that's in the form of, you know, money off the top or, you know, resources from the from the middle. Um, and so what do we think are some of the ways in which through the book you offer frameworks for helping, you know, organizations and individuals find their purpose? What what tools would you recommend to these organizations that are, in fact, probably taking too much? Yeah. So it, it, you know, the, the fundamental framework for me and a lot of the leadership development work we do is this me, we, and world, right? And so it's intent, you know, there, there's, I'm from Hartford, Connecticut. And so I, Mark Twain is, is a favorite and his quote that if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter, right? We spent nine years refining and tweaking and working deeply hundreds, tens of thousands of hours with individuals and teams and audiences and got down to me and we and world, right? And, and why I love it. And as we've been working with leadership teams and new managers and, and groups is it is so simple. It's so universal, right? And so it's not hard to remember. You don't have to like scramble and pull out the paper when you're in a meeting and be like, hang on direct report. Let me refer <laughs> to my 82 step framework, you know? <laughs> It's like, and it is, it's universal, right? So your values as a company might be one thing and they might shift a little on an individual level, right? Or your business lines might shift and pivot during a global pandemic. But there is always something to be considered in terms of the me dimension. How does this affect me as an individual, but also the other me's around me as individuals? How does this affect our team in terms of profitability and survival, as well as functioning, as well as trust and all those things? And how does it impact the world, right? And, and so that there's, there's myriad ways that we drill down in terms of how does that play out in difficult conversations or giving feedback or product strategy, you know, and, and so we can go there in, in deeper work, but just having that shared language start to, to really get infused around the company creates this sense of the really basic version of purpose, which sometimes it's been coming up in interviews as we've agreed, it's the grandmother test, you know, and you can make it the grandchild test or the grandfather, if that was more resonant for you. But would you be proud to explain the decision you made today to your grandmother? Right. Like, Simple. and not to devalue the work that you with your technical expertise or other people do on supply chain and carbon credits. Like there is, the, it, the world is complex. And so there is very complicated, complex technical work to be done as you go down the pipeline. But my purpose is about switching on and infusing and integrating this like me, we world so that 
every day, every minute, every hour, every quarter, as you're doing all the things of running a meeting or building strategy or interacting with an unhappy customer or giving a difficult feedback session, you're doing that 10 second or 10 minute check on the me and the we in the world impact. I, I always, I mean, I'm a sucker for for easy to remember frameworks. And of course, like, you know, the, the me, we world, which actually I'm hearing about for the first time as a, as your own framework uh, makes so much sense and actually have a client right now. And we're, we're using, we're using that framework as well for them to uncover their purpose. So it, it is, it's very simple and very clear mm-hmm. and it helps frame up uh, action. Exactly. So um, as we wrap up now, I think one thing, you know, to listeners and viewers who may be, you know, kind of thinking about their own sense of purpose, are there any anecdotes from your own, you know, life journey so far to get to this clear purpose that you could share with people as they're seeking their own? Yeah, I think... um... Again, I'm, I'm way more focused on the actioning of it, right? Because I think actually the finding of it, it's more of a revelation process. I don't think, I don't think people, I, I call it purpose anxiety. You know, people are like, I need to find my purpose. Like, is it in this cabinet? Is it in this cabinet? And I, I think that that's over, we, we, you know, as humans, as Americans, we over-dramatize and over-complicate. So, so a few things. Um, one that I often send people back to is from Echoing Green um, and Laura Galinsky, who's a purpose absolute guru, brilliant thinker for decades. And one of the exercises that they had was um, to think about the things in your inbox, right? And which are the emails that you're like, oh yeah, yeah, let me get back to this one, right? And whether that's, is that making a connection? Is that opining on, on a political issue? Is that, you know, offering someone a job? Is that coaching someone on their performance? Is it giving edits on a power, whatever, versus the emails that you're like, oh, I'll do that next week, you know, and now are nine weeks old and still lurking in the inbox, right? And so I think that that's a very kind of modern, timely way. Uh, Of course, another thing that a lot of purpose exercises do is go back to childhood, right? Like we don't change fundamentally all that much in some ways. And so what did you love to do? What were your hobbies? What were those days when, you know, time went by and you were the happiest you've ever been on this planet? So I think thinking back to some of those things and, and not trying to overcomplicate it, it's a powerful place to start. Um, and then in, in some of my Forbes articles, and again, I can share a follow-up, I, I include a formula for purpose, right? Which is what you care about making happen or the, the solution you care about contributing to for whom by doing what, right? Um, and so kind of, so what, for whom, how? Um, and just just write it, like yeah. set a timer, 45 seconds, write something down and live with it for a week. It's not gonna go on your tombstone. It's not gonna go, you know, it doesn't have to go on your LinkedIn yet, but just put something down yeah. and play with it and read it to your best friend or read it to your dog or to yourself and see how it sounds, you know, and, and see what and does that does it resonate? Means. I think it's because a lot of this is about, you know, hitting here right it's 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 it, as you say it, we, we haven't changed a lot since we were kids and you know it, this isn't this isn't some massive you know I think we we hold up the the people who have had impact in history as like we have to all be that but it, you started it by saying you know this is really about your sphere of influence and like you know just doing what you can Totally. And, and play, you know, really like lighten it up a little bit. It's so easy to get down in the mire of, oh my God, the oceans and the refugees and the Afghans and the humans and the neighbors and the, like, yes, but if we don't 
start a little lighter again with what we can do with what brings us joy, even if it's through that muck. Um, I think that that's also a problem. And, and the, the, you know, the, there's not one human, I think at least a third of the 110 interviewees, if not more talked about the silence and the, the pause that's important for this. Right. And so whether it's, um, one actually really cool example is Mark Spencer who runs summer search, um, which is helping kids from underrepresented and under-resourced backgrounds get to college and career. Um, and they spend a lot of money offering these transformational summer experiences for kids to travel abroad because he had that experience as a kid and it changed his life. Right. And so as it does, as it does you know, and, and obviously a, a gap year or a wandering six months is an amazing thing. It's, it is a privilege if you're not the summer search kid or, or, you know, otherwise somehow resourced to do that. But, um, just meditation, right? Or, or 10 minutes of silence, or people talked about their walks at lunch, or, you know, it can be really basic, but, but there needs to be some silence and some protection and boundaries from the shoulds. Instagram says you should do this and feel this. I think the silence and the pause I've been, as you know, you know, been kind of like purporting this for quite a while. And, um, I couldn't agree more and, and it is the purpose of meditation, right? I mean, and, and we're all finding and science is finding that that's, uh, has a lot of value. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nell, for sharing your so incredible welcome. wealth of knowledge on the subject of purpose and the, and the future of how we, how we get there, frankly, and how we have impact. Yep. Amen. So welcome. Thank you for the time. And XYZ is such a brilliant series of thinkers and thoughts. So thank you for building it. Thank you so much. And everyone watching and listening, if you don't already know where to find us, because you haven't somehow, I don't know how you're here, but uh, please subscribe uh, on YouTube. You can also subscribe anywhere you get podcasts from Apple and Amazon to Spotify and beyond. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Future of XYZ. And if you want to nominate a guest, you can visit future-of.xyz uh, and let us know. We look forward to seeing you next week. And again, Nell, thank you for sharing your insights on the future of purpose. So welcome. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for listening to the future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to the Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.